Hey everyone, it's Sensei Victoria Whitfield here, your journey partner in business, welcoming you back to episode 55 of the Journeypreneur Podcast. This is your source for channeled holistic stress management techniques, guidance, inspiration, and motivation to stay on your path to rapid financial ascension and massive impact as a conscious entrepreneur. You are in for a treat today. I have my dear, dear friend, Andrew Mellon, the most organized man in America. You can find him at andrewmellon.com. That's M-E-L-L-E-N for andrewmellon.com or callingbullshitonbusy.com for supporting you. Please make sure you like, subscribe, share, follow him because we have got a juicy topic for you and it is being the shepherd or being the sheep. And we're talking about staying on that path. We were just, uh, before we hit record, Andrew was on a roll telling me all of the nuggets of what he's picked up on in his journey as an entrepreneur and how things have evolved over the years, how he's made room for himself and serving others. And Andrew, take it away. <laughs> well, hey, Victoria, and hello, everybody. It's so good to be with you today. So good. <laughs> so where were we at? What were we talking about? Let's, let's, uh, let's start that off, right? It, the idea is that we're all on a journey. I'm on a journey. You're on a journey. Everybody who's listening is on a journey. It's a journey. We, I mean, we might have a roadmap. There might be some milestones on the journey when we look back, but it's sometimes, uh, oftentimes, it's uncharted. And so we are boldly stepping forward without knowing where exactly we're going. We want to make sure that the footing under our feet is solid so that we don't lose our balance and hurt ourselves. Uh, but also striding boldly off into the future with uh, a mission, with a purpose. And that has certainly been how I have lived my life to date. Mm. I don't know. I, I learned a long time ago that uh, my job was to take the action and let go of the result. That I can't, I can't control what's going to come of the action. And often, if I try to control what comes of the action, I'm going to get a diminished result. The best things that have ever happened in my life consistently result from taking action and letting go of the result, even though it is, it has been, we'll talk about it in the past because we don't want to project it into the future. It has been at times scary. It has been uh, um, intimidating to surrender control for those of us who like control. I'm a control enthusiast. I certainly uh, appreciate some good control. And uh, at the same time, I know that my job is to suit up and show up and let go. So mm. that is so good. And to have the courage to let go, trusting that everything is working out for you or is flowing as it should be, right? Having that courage and being able to own your journey, whatever is coming up for you on your path. And I know uh, before we jumped on, you were sharing with me uh, the story around your lake house and how you enjoyed it, but then there also came a time within your season, within Andrew's season, to release it. I wonder if you could share it with our listeners too. Sure. So uh, 
I, I bought a house on a lake in uh, Milford, Pennsylvania, D Dingman's Ferry. And uh, I had that house, I bought that house in, I wanna say 2002, and I sold it in 2010, right when my book, Unstuff Your Life, came out. And I bought the house, uh, it turned out to have a faulty foundation, which the people who sold it to me had hidden from me. So I was involved in a three and a half year lawsuit with them to get some restitution. Uh, in the meantime, I did a complete gut renovation of the house. I mean, the foundation was messed up. So we literally had to put the house up on stilts and break out the foundation and lay a, a completely new foundation. I built the house from the ground up, literally from the ground up. Now, what I ended up with was a kick-ass, amazing house with radiant heat in the floor downstairs and an extra uh, huge bathroom and uh, a beautiful uh, patio facing the lake. It was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. And it was my dream house. And I thought I would be there forever. So I spent more money than I should have in retrospect, but uh, no regrets. I mean, I wouldn't do it again, but I don't feel bad about the choices that I made. It was gorgeous. And everybody loved it who came to stay there and spend time with me there. And then it became very clear one day I was in my bathroom in New York City in the shower, which was a very small shower. And I was arguing in my head. I was the president of the Property Owners Association for the community that my house was in. Uh, and I had been elected by a landslide. You know, there, it had been very contentious. So after the three and a half year lawsuit with, with the people I bought the house from, we as a community entered into a three-year lawsuit with the developers, the, the children of the developers of the community that we're in because Pennsylvania law states that after 75% of the community has been developed, a property owners association needs to be put into place and the developers need to surrender the assets to the, to the organization. And these guys, these two brothers who had inherited the property, not to get too far down the rabbit hole, but they were basically using our half a million dollars worth of dues every year as a cocaine slush fund for themselves. Oh my goodness. So, you know, the community had fallen into disrepair and they were having a high time literally on our dime. So we formed a property owners association, sued them and got the rights to be our own independent self, and then I was elected the first president of that association. Uh, so anyway, fast forward now, I'm in my bathroom in New York, I'm having an argument in my head, not literally in the shower, with the, with the treasurer of the Property Owners Association, and I thought, God, I could just resign from the board. I don't need to be on the board any longer. I did everything that I was supposed to do. You know, I, I formed the Property Owners Association, we got bylaws written. We, you know, we got our assets back. We started to repair things. We, we started to self-manage and start to actually see the benefit of, of the money that we were paying our dues towards. It was awesome. And, but, you know, it's a small community, 1,100 homes. I mean, not tiny, but small. And I just started to come really, I, get, I got really clear with myself. Like, I don't need to be on the board any longer. Mm. And then the next thought I had right after that was, and I could sell my house. Mm. Because it was clear to me, I wrote my book, uh, Unstuff Your Life, on the lake. It was gore. I, I loved being there, even through all the drama of the two lawsuits and rebuilding the house. And my friends would say to me, I, I can't even comprehend the amount of patience that you have to go through this process. Because I would, I would have killed somebody by now or sold it. Uh, one of the two things, you know? And I, I mean, I do have a tremendous amount of stamina uh, and tenacity. It's one of the things, it's two of the things that serve me as an entrepreneur. Uh, but anyway, so it became clear like, oh, I could just sell the house. And what I got, I mean, I was really clear 
I wanted to be teaching and traveling now that I had the book and what I wanted to be doing was ministering to people around organization and time management. That really is what called to me. I don't call it ministry. You know, I mean, I don't, because I don't like the religiosity that comes with that term, but I've often referred to myself as an organizational evangelist because I am, I am committed to transformation. And I know that the way that people fetishize and interact with objects and by extension time is not good. It doesn't serve them. It keeps them trapped and stuck in shitty stories where they are not the hero and it doesn't serve them. So I wanted to be on the road teaching and, and speaking and coaching and doing those kinds of things. And the house was at that point became an obstacle because it meant that I had to keep pouring money into taxes and mortgages and things like that. And I was not going to be there to use the house. So it became clear that selling the house was the best thing to do. I got tremendous pushback from family, from friends. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. You spent so much money. You spent so much time. How could you let it go? All of which was their projection onto me. Mm. And that's where, that's really where this idea came from before we got on, on the actual podcast was our loved ones, our friends, our colleagues will often try to paint us with their paintbrush. Mm. It is not our color. It is not our texture. And they mean well. I don't think that they're doing it with any sort of malice or, you know, nefarious objective, but it's, they're just unconscious of what they're doing. And this idea of getting along to get along is bullshit, yes. which doesn't mean that you need to be combative or angry or fighting all the time, but clearly knowing your own path and being able to stay on it is what this is about. It's what we're talking about. And that, for me, is the difference between being the shepherd or being the sheep. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm built for service. And what satisfies me is being available and helping, not to the detriment of my health or my well-being. I, I, having healthy boundaries is essential to my staying safe and being of maximum use in the world and also taking the best care of myself and protecting my instrument. Uh, so that I'm available to do high caliber, high quality work, whether I'm coaching people individually or in a group setting, or I'm speaking on a stage to 2000 people. None of, it, none of th those particulars don't matter. Showing up fully and, and participating fully is the point. And so if I am responding to all of this compliance language, this covert and overt compliance language about just do it this way, or wouldn't that make you feel better? Or don't you want to do it this way? It's like, no, fuck no, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it this way. And again, not about being assertive in a bullying or aggressive way, but being super clear. This is true to me. I'm in, I'm in my vortex. I am clear. There's no ego driving this. This is pure service love coming through me and this is a clear path forward so no i don't want to do it that way and i and i don't want to fight with you but please stop pushing that garbage on me because it just weighs down on me and then i have to fight my way through it to get back to clarity and light mm -hmm. so you know it, for all of us it, that's the daily struggle is staying true to ourselves, to being the shepherd and not getting cowed into, I'm mixing my animal metaphors, you know, getting cowed into being a sheep and being compliant 
and just following the shepherd wherever the shepherd goes. That's not my path. It's not your path. If you're listening to this podcast and you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, small business owner, your path is not to be compliant. Uh, it's it, to, to be compliant with your own vision, but not to be compliant with feedback that you're getting from people who are well-intentioned, but don't necessarily know what you are here to do. Mm-hmm. So beautifully said. And that conscious choice um, on a daily basis or even from a moment to moment basis of who will I be? Who will I be? Will I be the sheep right now or will I be the shepherd? It is a conscious and renewed over and over and over choice. And it takes courage and energy to do so. What I love about you, Andrew, is that you've got energy and stamina for days. Do you have any advice for those who are listening where they're literally on the edge of choosing um, between being a shepherd or being the sheep right now or any words of wisdom? um, So something that I was told early on um, in my professional career and also in my personal life was, you know, don't quit before the miracle. And, you know, you know me, Victoria, I mean, I'm on this podcast, but, you know, I'm not a particularly woo-woo kind of guy, you know, I mean, I do have a, do have a meditation practice, but, you know, I don't believe in magic thinking, I don't believe that I'm going to be rescued from my shitty, fucked up, you know, tormented little life, and that somehow something magical is going to happen, that's just, that's just, that seems preposterous to me, that, you know, first of all, to, to have the mindset that things are so bad, that you need to be airlifted or rescued out of your life. I mean, you know, we know people, we hear stories all the time about people who are living in such deep and uh, protracted poverty who still have a smile on their face and still manage to be generous of heart and available for the world, whatever it's delivering and however they're participating, that they're not living a mean, uh, miserly, compacted life. So if people who have far fewer resources and access to resources can find a way to be glass half full, good grief, certainly we can. Those of us who have the ability, you know, I mean, we have clean clothes on our body. We have access to clean, nutritious food in our refrigerator or at the grocery store. The roof over our head is not leaking. And if it is, we have the resources to get it fixed. Mm -hmm. You know, so, I mean, food, clothing, and shelter are already taken care of. Our comfort, relatively speaking, is done. We don't need to spend so much time worrying about like, oh, is this outside my comfort zone? What is, really, what does comfort mean? compared to living in alignment with your values on a daily basis. Mm. So, you know, that, I mean, what I would say, I'm, you know, I'm, I guess I'm proselytizing a little bit, but um, yeah. my feeling is your comfort is relative. And, and, and another mentor of mine, you know, who has walked the, um, I don't know what that thing, that Santiago path is in Spain, you know, that 250 mile the Camino, uh, yeah. Exactly, the Camino, right? You know, Mark uh, LeBlanc, who's a mentor of mine and, uh, you know, an amazing speaker, t- uh, told me once, uh, you know, he said uh, that he was told when he was on the path, like he was so fired up the first time that he went to walk the Camino. And then I, like, I think he had walked maybe three or four miles and he was like, oh my God, this fucking sucks. Like, I don't want to do this. This is ridiculous. And some older woman, you know, I mean, however old Mark was, this older woman who was walking up the Camino was coming up 
to him and said, hey, what's going on? You know, and he said, oh, look, you know, I just, this is, I, I think I made a mistake. I don't want to be here. And she, she told him, she said, you know, everybody can take one more step. Take mm. is one more step. So I guess that's what I would say to the listeners is you can take one more step. You don't have to project like, oh my God, I have to walk 15 more miles. You don't have to walk 15 more miles. You just have to take one more step and see what shifts, see what happens, right? If we look at, uh, if we look at the second law of entropy, a body at motion tends to stay in motion, a body at rest tends to stay at rest. If you're in motion, just stay in motion, take another step, right? I mean, if, if it isn't sitting in front of your computer composing something or writing something, walk around the block, walk to the refrigerator, walk to the bathroom, walk into your bedroom, uh, get down and do three push-ups. do one push-up. You know, do something to move a muscle, change a feeling, change a thought. And you can, it's a mechanical adjustment. Instead of worrying about, I don't feel good, or focusing so much on your feelings in the moment, understanding that your body just generates feelings all day, just like your mind generates thoughts all day. If you can, if you can experience them without getting attached to them, something will happen. It's inevitable. If you stay alive, something else will happen. So instead of getting attached to what is happening right now that you're particularly unhappy about or feeling down about or feeling, uh, you know, pick up the phone and call somebody, call a trusted friend, call somebody who's not going to give you grief or say, oh yeah, that sucks. As if that were the end of the process. Somebody who would say, yeah, it sucks. And I remember when that happened to me and then I did X, you know, so you get, acknowledge that you're feeling shitty in the moment, but you're not reinforced to stay in the shitty moment. The good friend, the good colleague is going to say, yeah, it does suck in this moment, right? I mean, if you're looking at a checkbook and you've got seven cents in it, it sucks in that moment. It hasn't always been your reality that you've only ever had seven cents consistently. So this is a moment, even though it feels like in the moment, this is the new normal, right? Like now I will only ever have seven cents again for the rest of my life. That's bullshit. That's not going to be the step. That's not going to be the constant. It's just what's happening now, but you're conflating it into this is now going to always be my reality. Well, clearly it's not. Mm -hmm. So powerful. You know, as you're, as you're speaking and vibing, what I'm hearing is circumstance is always malleable. Taking that empowered stance, that, um, that posture of, assuming agency like you always have a sense of agency in relationship to your life and the things that you're experiencing and to to see circumstances also not just malleable but these are ingredients let me go play let me take what circumstance have been dealt to me have the circumstances that i am encountering and use it as my palette, you know, and get this canvas of life out and get to playing and painting and continuing the expression. You know, when we're in a sheep mindset, we're looking for something to follow. We're looking for something to react to. We're looking um, for something to come and save, come and guide, come and direct us. And it's a very different posture to step into that shepherd mindset of I'm here to lead. I'm, I'm here to create. I'm here to be the artist uh, in my life. Would, would yeah. you agree? Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. And sometimes 
doing nothing is doing something. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. I mean, I can tell you in my own personal life when I, when I feel like, and you, painting is a perfect metaphor, although I don't paint, right? When you feel like if I put, if I pick up the brush one more time and put some more paint on the canvas, because the canvas is already kind of chaotic and swirly right now, and I'm not really seeing the image that I want to see, putting more paint on the canvas is probably not the solution in this moment. Probably stopping painting and doing something else is going to shift my perspective. So when I return to the canvas, I can make a more strategic, smarter choice for myself. It's taken me a long, long time to learn that, that, you know, no action is action. And that's not, that's different in my mind, because it goes back to what you were saying about agency. That's different than surrendering or capitulating, which there's also nothing wrong with surrendering. So I'm not saying that surrendering is necessarily a posture of weakness. But what I'm talking about specifically in this moment is is taking no action to allow something else to arise is is a proactive thing that we can do, certainly that I try to do. When I am feeling frustrated, I have learned that becoming a bully, you know, my own personal bully, and badgering myself or shaming myself or talking shit to myself is never going to motivate me to like, yeah, suck it up, you know, just pull myself up by my bootstraps. It's like, fuck you. I don't want to, like, I don't want anybody else talking to me. Like, I certainly don't want to talk to myself like that, Mm -hmm. you know, so stop that. Let's go do something else. Let's go eat a bowl of, you know, vegan ice cream, or let's go take a walk, or let's go ride the bike, or let's go sit on the, the river and just look at the water and remember that, there are many things at play here that I have no knowledge of or that I haven't tapped into yet. And I don't have all the answers, even if I have all of the questions. <laughs> and so what can I do to get out of the way instead of, you know, and again, I think when we think about masculine or feminine energy, it's that thing of sometimes, you know, hammering the shit out of something is not the way to get something built. It's the way to blow through the nail through the piece of lumber and split apart what you were trying to assemble. It's not necessarily going to give you what you want. So it's taken me a long time as, as a, you know, somebody who's pretty male in the world to recognize like, oh, okay, a caress would be a better choice than a slug right now. <laughs> Words to live by. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> And I'm right there with you, my dear, because as a as someone who tends towards the feminine, um, where the desire of the feminine is always rest, rest and safety, rest and safety. I've had to learn the hard way that sleeping through everything is not necessarily the way to get what I want. I Sometimes I have to generate some energy, take some action, be decisive, right? Speak my mind. It is the integration of that masculine part of me that can go and activate, right? Be the catalyst that uh, beautiful divine masculine energy is, you know, to, to push through and create that new paradigm. Sometimes, um, the feminine in me is very strong and wanting to play, create, be innovative, unexpected, but at the same time, if I'm really going to get the creation that I've visioned, sometimes I have to integrate 
more masculine action, focus, decisiveness, boundaries, right? The structure around. If yeah. without the structure, I can't receive what I desire. Yeah. So another story that I want to just share is I, I, I've started working out with a trainer. I've probably it's been, it might be a year now that I've been working with uh, Michael, who's an amazing trainer. And uh, I'm happy to share his information. He's written an amazing book called Super Body, Super Brain. His name is Michael Gonzalez Wallace. Uh, he's an exceptional trainer and I've worked with trainers before and they're pretty, they're pretty uh, flat and one note. I mean, they'll get you stronger, but it's not very compelling or interesting to me. Michael is all about balance and um, strength training. And where I'm headed with this is uh, this has been a, this particular week. Uh, you're listening to this whenever you're listening to it. But the week that I just lived through was, a, was kind of a shitty week. It was a little all over the place emotionally. And some things that I wanted to have happen didn't happen. And some other things that I did, didn't know about have happened. And it's, so it's been a little journey, uh, a, a little journey journey for me. And um, uh, last night, uh, I, w I walked home with a friend after having some supper. And I was not feeling good. And I went downstairs to the gym. So the context for this, what I want you to get from this is the gym was never my happy place. You know, as a gay man growing up in America, uh, the gym was a place to be tormented or tortured, to feel less than. You know, even though I was strong, I've always been strong. Uh, it was a place where uh, toxic heterosexual masculinity dominated. And it always felt like a, a, a shame zone. So it was never a place that I thought, oh, let me go to the gym. Right, that was like, that would be like, let me go to someplace poisonous and humiliating to try to feel better about myself. Why would I ever do that? Mm -hmm. So what I found striking was last night, for really the first time, which isn't to say that I haven't been in the gym before, but it actually occurred to me, like, I wanna go downstairs and move some heavy things around and I will feel better. And that was a seismic shift inside me. And I'm super stoked about it because it feels like I have turned a corner. I am digging working out. I love the way it feels in my body. And the gym doesn't, like, I no longer feel, I feel like in that way that they say, you know, 30 to 45 days, you, you build a new habit. I don't know how long I've been working out with Michael and going to the gym, but I now feel like the gym belongs to me. I don't feel like an interloper there. I don't feel like a fraud or uh, an imposter. I feel like I don't really give a shit what anybody else is doing in this room. I know now what to do. Michael's given me a roadmap to success. So I can go downstairs and I can do my set of exercises. And I don't give a shit if anybody's watching me. I don't care what they're doing. I can do this set of exercises. I can do them to my full capacity. I can push myself. I can have a relationship with myself, my body, and this weight. And I can actually learn something about myself and my capacity to push through, again, momentary discomfort or how far, how many reps can I do of this exercise until I get to fatigue, real fatigue, as opposed to, oh, well, I don't really just want to do one more, but I could, right? Which is, again, as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, as a solopreneur, something that we always, I mean, there's always that, like, can we dig in a little bit further? Can we take Mark LeBlanc's one more step, or is it like, well, fuck it, this was good enough, right? I, I'm still ahead of so many other people. Maybe I'll just bail here. Now, again, that's not, that's, I'm not talking about 
you've earned a rest and you've done enough. So pause, you're entitled to the pause. Because again, you have agency, you can choose to do whatever you want to do. I'm talking about for me, do I want to keep pushing because there's actually, there's something exciting that's about to happen as I take that one more step and really see how far I can go. What is my capacity to affect change in the world and to participate fully versus, well, you know, I'm still, I'm better than most people. So maybe that's good enough, right? Good enough isn't good enough for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. So gorgeous. Because the more that we can sink into our own journey, the more that we can find our own edges and really have a deep relationship with them and not care what anyone else has to say about our edge, our journey, right? And the pace that we're going or the, the intensity that we're going at, the more that we have our own internal relationship with it, the more you can really step into that ownership stance be the the shepherd and before you know it there will be wonderful sheep that you're serving and supporting there's nothing wrong by the way with being the sheep there's there's nothing wrong with that but who we're talking to um is you guys you who are you ladies and gentlemen who are listening into this podcast are really called to be in that leadership position well and to, to dovetail on that right i mean every sheep that we serve is also a shepherd right yeah. they're shepherding somebody so the idea is not that there's a there's a distinction between sheep and shepherd in that one is better uh the idea is my journey certainly and i can't speak for everybody else right but my journey is to activate the sheep and turn them into shepherds mm -hmm. so so that we have a world of shepherds i mean we're not going to run out of sheep to to serve in that in this metaphor there'll always be more sheep and and yet at the same time the transformation I'm mindful of, uh, again, mixing metaphors, right? And too many cooks in the kitchen. I'm not looking to all be in the same, you know, shepherding the same flock. That would be a problem. But the idea that if everybody becomes self-actuated, if everybody has the capacity and recognizes their own inner shepherd, imagine what the world would look like if everybody lived into their agency and took took whatever control and at the same time responsibility for their own choices as well as anybody that they are in charge of whose care they have been entrusted with. Imagine what the world would look like if we were rising to that occasion as opposed to, well, it's not my job or, you know, uh, good enough is good enough again. You know, just settling, settling when you know that you have the capacity to do more. I mean, Gandhi talked about that, right? If you see, a, you see a broken toy on the street and you have the ability to fix it, it's your job to fix it. You could keep walking and say, well, it's not my kid, it's not my toy. And, and, and you know, there is, I mean, uh, my COO, Alice Chin, likes to say, uh, not my monkey, not my circus, which I do. I love that metaphor. And it is helpful to recognize, like, that's not my problem to take on. But if it is your monkey and it is your circus, by all means, make it your monkey. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Andrew, this has been so juicy. Holy cow, like nugget <laughs> hailstorm. <laughs> 
This has been absolutely fabulous. Please, please tell our listeners how they can continue to celebrate you, support you, share you. Where where do we go to rave about how fabulous you are and sure. how to get involved? Thank you, Victoria. So you can find me again at andrewmellon.com, M-E-L-L-E-N. Dot com. You can also find me at calling bullshit on busy. You can spell the entire word with the I. I mean, we use the asterisk often uh, so that we get past spam filters, but you can spell the entire word. You can also find us at calling BS on busy um, if uh, profanity is a little challenging for you. And um, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a lot of different ways that you can participate uh, with me, with us, with the technology, with the information. We've got a group coaching program that's launching in September, and I'd love to see some folks in that. Uh, there's individual coaching available. I work one-to-one with uh, clients. I speak internationally on organization and time management. Uh, you can pick up a copy of my book, Unstuff Your Life. Soon you'll be able to pick up a copy of Calling Bullshit on Busy. Uh, for those of you who are interested more in time management than stuff and clutter management and uh i'd love to meet each and every one of you on this journey and support you in uh, simplifying your life managing your time better and living to your capacity yay 100 percent. and to all our listeners i just want to thank you so much for your support for your five-star reviews, your loving reviews on iTunes, right? Or your recommendations on Facebook, Google, and LinkedIn. I, I love reading your stories. It's so much fun to hear what nuggets stood out to you. Please make sure that you tweet this and you can hit me at Sensei Whitfield um, so that I can get to like and heart and retweet all that you're celebrating from today's podcast. And if you need further support, um, getting and staying on your journey to rapid financial ascension, do come visit us over at naturalintuition.com and hopefully we'll see you at our next retreat. But until then, please remember to enjoy the journey. Do not lose your glow as you grow your life and business. And we'll see you in the next podcast episode. Bye for now.